Morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, where I learn how to be an overcomer. It is good to overcome. It's good to win, and God gets the glory when you win. It's not his will that you fail, that you be defeated in any good thing. So uh, come on into the class today, tune everything else out, give God your full attention. Let him show you the way to victory. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, looking to you, reaching out to you, asking you for the utterance, the ears to hear, the heart that can understand the answers, showing us your ways, your will, your plan, your, your righteousness, your fairness, your goodness, your mercy, your, your faithfulness, all of your, your ways. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Look again, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter, verse 7. We've been studying what we're calling overcoming unbelief. Hebrews 3, 7, he said, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you'll hear his voice, don't do what? Harden not your hearts. I think we're getting this. What do you think? Huh? Should we get it? Is it important? Are there things you want ingrained in you? You want a foundation of it in you. What should you not do? Don't harden your hearts. Like they did in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation. We don't want God to be grieved with us. What does it take to please him? Faith. The Bible said it's impossible to please God without faith. They had none. Instead of faith, they had defiance and unbelief. And that grieved him and displeased him. It wasn't because they couldn't. It was a choice. He said, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. Verse 12, take heed, brethren. He's talking to us. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily. Isn't that something that's going on right now? I'm exhorting you. Is that right? Can you exhort other people? Can you talk to yourself about this? What? Don't, don't be hard-headed. Don't be stubborn. Listen to God. Right? Don't doubt Him. Trust Him. Don't disobey Him. Obey Him. Is it good to tell each other this? And exhort one another daily. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, which is that same idea of erring earlier in verse 10 and missing the mark. For we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. This faith life is not a sprint. 
that you do in a few minutes or a few hours or even a day or two. This is a, a marathon. This is something you do and you keep doing. It's a way of living. It's what you do when you get up in the morning, noontime when the sun goes down, when you lay your head on the, on the pillow. What God has said never changes. He doesn't change. So what we believe doesn't change. And how we live doesn't change. And so he, he, he said, you got to hold the beginning of your confidence steadfast to the end while it said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Now go back to Numbers 16 again, because that's exactly what we're looking at. Is Korah and those that followed with him hardened themselves against God, against Moses, against Aaron, and would not repent. The Bible said Korah, Dathan, Abiram, On, and 250 famous princes in the congregation put together a well orchestrated attempt, a coup, a turnover. They want to re- remove Moses and Aaron as leaders and probably put themselves in. And they had already said, Numbers 14, that they wanted to set themselves a new captain and go back to Egypt. That's their plan, which ain't much of a plan, is it? After God got you out of slavery and bondage, after four centuries, now you're going back. Because they, they refused to believe that God could or would get them all the way into the promised land. It just looked too big and too hard. The giants were too big. The cities were too walled. They said, we're too small. We're too little. We can't. And every time God shows you his plan and his will, it's going to be bigger than you thought. And it's going to be bigger than you can make happen. So it's going to require... Anybody got an idea? What it, it, it's, it's going to require believing something you can't see. Huh? The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Yeah, but I can't see it. Yeah, but you can believe it. Well, I can't see how. Yeah, but you could believe it. You can believe what you can't see. You can believe What you don't understand. It's just a choice. If God told you, I'm taking you in, I'm giving it to you, I'm putting you in there. If in your mind you can't see any conceivable possible way that could happen, now what do you do? Isn't it always a choice? Huh? You can walk by sight and go, no way, no how. This is just a bunch of fantasy, pie in the sky, no. And you might as well go ahead and say, I don't even know if God's real or or what, but we got to live in the real world and we don't want to die, so we better get ourselves back to Egypt. And I know it's not ideal. Yeah, being a slave is not ideal. But no, or, or. You could be like Joshua, like Caleb, who saw the same thing they saw, but they said, no, listen, listen, listen. God's with us. And if he's with us, we can do it. 
Let's go get it. Let's go up at once. What are we waiting on? Let's go take it. They saw the same things the other men saw. They saw the same giants. They saw the same walled cities. How do they come to such a completely different conclusion? A choice to believe what God said. Believe in His power. Believe in His ability. Believe in His faithfulness. Believe in His character. Believe in His goodness. Or choice not to. Choice to say, well, you know, y'all are always hollering about Scripture and God said this and God said that, but I got to live in the real world. That's how you forfeit God's blessings and plans for your life. So here they are, full-on rebellion against Moses and Aaron. And so he tells them, you know, how how are we going to settle this? He said, okay. All right. You say everybody's holy. So all of you, Korah, Dathan, Abiram, on, and all you 250, you come out tomorrow, get you some censers, put the coals of fire in it, and put the holy incense, I'm paraphrasing now, that only the priests are supposed to touch and handle. Go ahead and put you some of that in there. And you can come out and offer incense because all of you are holy. But we'll let God show who he has chosen. And they were dumb enough to do it. Somebody say, by the grace of God, I will not be this stupid. Verse 18, they took every man his censer. They put fire in it and laid incense on it. Stood in the door of the tabernacle. Korah gathered all the congregation against them. And the glory of the Lord appeared. That fire and light inside that cloud that was a pillar means it was a column. It was vertical. Went up and it, was, it wasn't always at ground level. It was high. It would have to be some height for everybody in a group of two million to even see it. But then there'd be times when it would descend and it would come down. You know, there were times it moved. When it started moving, everybody packed up and followed it. And when it stopped, then they stopped. And as long as it stayed in that same place, they stayed in that same place. But here, there were special times when it would descend and come down to the ground at the door of the tabernacle. That's what happened just now. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, separate yourselves. Everybody say, separate yourself. yourself. Now we have seen that that, this exact language is used in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 6. It's also used in the book of Revelation. We saw that yesterday's class where he said, separate yourself so that you're not caught up in their sins and you're not caught up in their plagues and judgments. Then in 2 Corinthians 6, he said, separate yourselves. He'd gone through a list of uh, what communion or fellowship should you have with the devil, uh, even with unbelievers and, and idols and and, and what communion does light have with darkness? And None, none, none. So what? So come out from among them, separate yourselves, and don't touch the unclean thing. Well, see, that's a direct quote from right here. Can you see that God never changes? Whether it was centuries ago or 
millennia ago or today or millennia from now. He's not going to say something different than what he said. And it says, separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, will one man sin and you be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spoke to Moses. He spoke to him again, said, speak to the congregation and tell them, get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah and Dathan and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went to Dathan and Abiram and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation saying, depart, I pray you. So I, I pray you is not a command. It's almost a plea. I pray you is as I'm asking you. Almost I'm pleading with you. I pray you, please, we'd probably say today, please get away from these guys, from the tents of these wicked men and touch nothing of theirs lest you be consumed in all their sins. We, we talked about how the scripture says evil communications corrupt good manners. A companion of fools will be destroyed. It matters who you're around, who you hang around. A lot of people whose life was cut short were just simply at the wrong place, at the wrong time around the wrong people. They were not the target, but they got caught up. How many times can that be said about drive-by shootings and all these kind of things? Just somebody said, well, well, how would you know not be at the, at the wrong place? You need to pray and you need to listen to the Spirit of God inside you every day. And when He tells you, stay away from there, what do you do? You stay away from there. If He tells you, move, what do you do? You move. Somebody says, well, I, I can't. I can't afford it. Listen, you forgot who you're talking to. God can provide for you, right? If you'll believe Him, if you'll listen to Him, He can do whatever you need if you're willing to obey. And that's one of the big ways that He protects us. Now, He goes on to say, um, get you up from these tents of the wicked and touch nothing of theirs. You, there needs to be, you want some distance between you and these guys and it needs to happen right now. So they listened to him. Thousands of them did. They got up from the tabernacle of Korah and Dathan and Abiram on every side. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, in a short amount of time, there was this big open space. Just a clear place around Korah, Dathan, Abiram, these people. And they came out, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, and Dathan and Abiram came and stood in the door of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little children. Their entire families are there, camped close to them and in their tents. And Moses said, hereby, we'd say, by this, you will know the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, if they are visited, visited after the visitation of all men, the Lord has not sent me. Boy, this is bold and plain, isn't it? This is either or. Is or it's not. But... If the Lord make a new thing and the earth open her mouth 
and swallow up with all that appertain to them. And they go down quick into the pit. Now, that's King James. Quick means alive. The pit is the word for shoal, which is also translated hell. Go down alive to the heart of the earth, not just under the surface, all the way to the heart, the core of the earth, the place of Sheol, the place of the dead, where hell is. He said, if these men die like men do, he said, the Lord didn't send me. But if the Lord make a new thing and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up and all that pertains to them, and they go down alive into the pit to show, you'll understand then these men have provoked the Lord. And it came to pass as he made an end of speaking all these words, that when he finished the last word of that saying, that what God told him to say, the ground ripped apart under where they were. It says, the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained to Korah and all their goods, they and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation. This is judgment without mercy. You know why? We've already been through this repeatedly. Why did this happen, this judgment without mercy? Because nobody asked for mercy. And nobody repented. And there was no redemption. Was God just in this? Absolutely. Perfectly just. And this is symbolic. Is there a hell? Is there? A lot of people try to say, oh, I don't think so. I don't, you know. People don't believe in God. They don't believe in any existence after death. We're all going to find out real soon. And if you're wrong, it's too late. There is a hell. And it's beneath. We hardly know anything about the core of our planet. People that study it, geologists and others, they have some concepts, but nobody's been there. <laughs> the pressures are too great. The heat is too great. But everybody that studies it agrees it is hot. It is fire. Isn't that what God, the Bible tells us? Hell is beneath us. Heaven is above us. They went down all the way to the pit to show alive all at once. All their tents, all their junk, all their possessions, all their associations. How many understand that would not have been a good time to be hanging around with them? Don't you know the people that just five minutes ago were moving a little bit slow, getting their stuff out of the way, realized they had just saved their own life? 
Notice what it said. Verse 34, and all Israel that were around about them fled at the cry of them. And they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. Then, as soon as that happened, as soon as the ground closed up and people were running away from trying to get further away from this, there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that were offering incense with these censers. Fire come blasting out. Remember that pillar of cloud and fire has come down to the front of the tabernacle. The ground opened up and all of Korah, Dathan, Abiram, on all these people that joined in that rebellion, they, they went down alive, yelling and screaming, out of sight into the pit and core of the earth and the ground closed up so you couldn't hear anything from them anymore. And the people around them started screaming and running away. And just about time that had happened, the ground closed up. Fire come blasting out from the presence of the Lord and, and burned up all 250 that were offering these censers that they should have had nothing to do with. Somebody says, well, what? what's all that about? That is righteous judgment for sin without mercy. Somebody says, well, why didn't God have mercy on them? They didn't ask for any. They didn't repent. Go back with me to Numbers 14 and you'll notice the difference. Numbers 14, God was really angry with them here. When they came back and despised and slandered the land he said was a good land. And they were full on rebelling against Moses and Aaron. You remember they wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb. That's going on right here. The Lord said, verse 11, Numbers 14, he said, how long will this people provoke me? How long will it be before they believe me? Verse 12, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them and make of you a greater nation and mightier than they. I'll start over with you. Somebody said, well, how many hundred years? God doesn't, that doesn't bother him. 500 years is a half a day to him. He said, I'll start over and maybe your descendants will listen to me. Moses said, Lord, the Egyptians will hear it. And they'll say, you couldn't bring them in. They've heard about how the cloud is here and the fire, a pillar of cloud and fire. And if you kill the people as one man, they'll hear it. They say, you couldn't bring them in. Verse 17, I beseech you, let the power of my Lord be great according as you have spoken, saying, the Lord is long-suffering of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty. This is the man they want to get rid of. Huh? This is the man who intercedes for them like this. Verse 19, Moses said, Pardon, I beseech you, the iniquity of this people, according to the greatness of your mercy, and as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now. And the Lord said what? The Lord said what in verse 20? Come on, are you seeing this? What did he say? So they didn't all die. From the pestilence. See, judgment was stayed. Mercy was given. 
Why? Because he asked for it. Moses asked for it. And you see, he had even interceded for the people there. Uh, the Lord said, get out of the way. I'm going to wipe this bunch off. Is that righteous? It is righteous. It's just no mercy. And, and Moses said, yeah, but will one man sin and, and everybody get caught up in it? He said, you better tell them to get away. So see, there was still intercession there, wasn't there? But they didn't ask for mercy. Korah and Dathan and Abiram and all that, they were completely unrepentant. They're out there dangling these things in defiance. There was no repentance, so there was no mercy. And here when he asked them, God, have mercy, forgive, pardon. Verse 20, the Lord said, I have pardoned. Why? According to your word. What if Moses hadn't said words? What if he hadn't asked that would have been the end of them back there. The whole bunch would have been wiped out. I said, well, that, that seems harsh. Listen, the wages of sin is death. All of us would be lost if it wasn't for the mercy of God. Is that right? And those who won't receive his mercy and won't repent, they're also going to that place down. Still today. Oh, but friend, by the mercy of God, you don't have to. Somebody say, I do ask for mercy. I am willing to repent. I do receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. I judge myself. And so I won't be judged. I will be spared. I am saved. I'm not going down. I'm going to heaven. Oh, hallelujah. 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 He is rich in mercy to all who call on him. But you got to call. That's what we just did. Well, our time's up again. As you can see, uh, we finally got through the chapter, but there's a lot more to study about. Come with us next time and let's see more about the richness of the mercy of God. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Sure enjoyed being with you again this week. Uh, these accounts that we're studying are so rich. The beautiful types of Christ and redemption, they just get more and more real to you. Uh, we are talking about mercy and God's mercy and how that people have forfeited uh, because they didn't ask and how people wound up getting judged simply because they refused to repent. I'm so thankful for all of you who are partners with us and so into us. And I have a right, and we have a right, to believe for your finances, but you've got to be willing to repent and ask for mercy. Let's do it right now. Father, I ask for mercy for all of my partners, everybody that are joining with us in these endeavors, uh, even mistakes that were made financially, uh, monetarily. Have mercy, O oh Lord, on every mistake that these have made. And we claim an extra coming in to take care of that, money to pay off debts, even mistakes, things that shouldn't have been done. We ask for mercy, and you are the God of gracious mercy. Thank you for abundance coming in now. Come in, abundance. Go ministering spirits, cause it to come in. Satan, we bind you, command you to take your hands off of this, forbid you from interference, we call every need met, every bill paid in Jesus' name.
Well, come back next week. We'll get into more faith. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.